0: Two,
1: three. <laughs> Hello and welcome to X-Rated, the X-Men animated review show. I am your host, Skelbastian Shaw. And with me, as always, my co-host, <laughs> Azandre? Yeah. Azandre? Azizel's. What is that? Uh, oh, Azazel. Yeah. Right? You're like Azandre. A, a exactly. Oh, okay. Right. You got it. It's better when you explain it. Okay. <laughs> and with us, we have a guest with us, uh, Joe Izma, great comic book artist. Of, I didn't come of, up with an next in the name. Much renowned. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome back, sir. Yes, welcome Have back. Um, so, you're an X Men fan. That's why I uh, thought you might want to join us here because I'm always looking to reach out to X Men fans. Yeah. Because um, I mean, all the best people are X Men fans, quite frankly. I mean, it's just, it's smart. Um, <laughs>
2: Every single one. <laughs> Mother Teresa, but... X Men fan. Gandhi, X Men oh. fan.
1: Before we get into it, actually, we're here to review X-Men First Class from 2011 in our movie review series as we await X-Men 97, which sounds like it's just around the corner. Yes, very excited. Her. Starring James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Rose Byrne, Jennifer Lawrence, January Jones, uh, February Smith, Wednesday, <laughs> um,
2: I want to take oh the no, name my February bad. Smith, that's a great name,
1: <laughs> Nicholas Holt and kevin bacon directed by matthew vaughn my bad uh february smith's not in this one
2: well because um, several names are names like august is a name you know what i mean like yeah. there's only a few that aren't that are months like september <laughs> january normally <laughs> february smith that february is, a great, is a good name that's a, that's a great go with especially because um, no one can ever spell it correctly so <laughs> february i know you always have to stop it in your head and go february february you february or february, <laughs> february. Uh, so
1: you know what we should do here here we go well, let's catch up on old times what do you think they're doing up there <laughs> uh what what do you think they're doing up there is one of our regular segments here uh Joe, what what do you think they do doing update?
2: <laughs> What's going on with you? What's going on with you, Joe? It's basically okay. what he's asking me. Yeah. <laughs> in a roundabout, drinking Cajun sort of way. <laughs> well, my
3: cat is, like, outside my <laughs> office door. So I was like, did I miss something? Because he's, he's out there. He wants to get in. So I'm like, wait, did uh, I miss something here? But no.
1: Oh,
2: no. Uh, cat friendly. Yeah. <laughs> the guys, mine usually jumps in here somewhere.
3: Okay. Um, yeah. Just, uh, you know, drawing comics. Yeah. Um, you know, watching nerdy stuff, playing video games. What are you working uh, video on video? now?
2: What? Wait, what comics you're working on now?
3: Uh, well, I'm working on one for Mad Cave uh, slash um, Maverick Press. Uh, they haven't announced it yet, but I hope they will soon. Because uh, I mean, it's sort of like X Men influenced in that it takes place at a school, a kind of a college, kind of you know that kind of uh, academy aspect of X Men. So it kind of has that. That's
2: about the only thing I can say about it, but oh, okay. Um, Is yeah. that like your wheelhouse? Like superpowered Yeah, it, it yeah does. It <laughs> does. It does like a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like we got some kids in a school that have powers. Get eyes Yeah, off. Right. Exactly. That's all right. That
1: just gets you on an X-Men book eventually. Yeah, right.
2: right. That's yeah, that'd be
3: nice.
1: <laughs> so 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 what about the X-Men? Uh do, do you enjoy or even love? I
3: love them, like from the bottom of my heart. It was, like the thing—the franchise that made me a fan of comics was the X Men, because uh, I started okay. reading in the late '80s when they went to Australia, and uh, the the writing—great era, yeah, yeah, great, totally underrated. And mm-hmm. I think like a testament to like that era, or even the franchise strength as a whole, was like Claremont being able to like you know, elevate that franchise and like, you know, make it so in depth and so engrossing um, that I'd never read anything like that. I've never like even like watched movies or anything or TV shows at that age. That I was like, this is like really exciting. There's just so much lore. There's so much depth to this. So yeah. I mean, just hook, line and sinker from day one. I just love everything about it. I love uh, you know, the, the kind of underdog aspect of it uh you know fighting against the world that you know hates and fears or you know fighting to protect a world that hates and fears them you know i love that aspect um i love just every single aspect of it i love of all the powers all the different uh characters the soap opera aspect is a big one so
1: <laughs> so many good costumes too from it yeah yeah
3: oh my god yeah, i mean yeah. you could you could do like i don't know if y'all have done this but i mean you could do like an entire podcast on storms costumes alone just like going through Oh, anything.
2: I would love Sorry. to. <laughs> storm is yeah. Davin's wheelhouse. That's Devin lives in in storm stormville 24/7. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So great.
1: Storm is my queen. That's fine. We all oh, have okay. our monarchs, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah.
1: She's great. Um, I love her. Yeah. I do too. Um, i can't wait for mohawk storm and yeah
2: no we're getting mohawk storm which is fun i'm excited about that it's weird that she's got like mohawk but it's like the mohawk with the the still white costume so it's kind of like a yeah
0: because the mohawk was sort
2: of that 80s rock like rock you know kind of look look she had which was great i love that look actually
0: yeah
2: i was trying to think Um, about what the worst costume change in the history of time was like there's a few like this might be worth the whole podcast in itself just to talk about (laughs)
1: but daredevil's uh, blue and silver thing
2: red red and gray and silver thing blue yeah
1: silver. i wasn't a big fan well there was a lot of blue on it too
2: well there's talking. a couple that stick out to me one is when superman went to the blue and red electrical electrical mm. thing the other was when at uh, some some reason in like the 2000s they gave electro like a blue and white costume they got rid of like the 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 yellow and green yeah and, it, and it was just like a really basic flat blue and white thing which i thought was really dumb um, but one I thought was like one of the worst was when they gave in the I must have been the '90s when they tried to like sexify every book that Marvel was doing, and um, Storm had uh, the, the, no they for the Fantastic Four uh, Sue Storm had like yeah, like a midriff Cleavis. with the full cut out the cleavage. Oh it. no, that <laughs> yeah. one is
1: bad. I yeah. think that one debuted in issue. What was it, four hundred? Or was it 300
2: she had like the high boots and the midriff showing and the cutout cleavage on the floor and they just really like sexified and she just had like a second kid or something and they're like eh, oh, yeah, yeah, that or something
3: or like <laughs> or being replaced or something at that point um, I can exactly the story yeah
2: because like, yeah, thing had that's when was thing bad. was wearing the, the the helmet that white yeah helmet. yeah and uh, yeah everybody was kind of lame <laughs> so it's, Yeah, Yeah. although I was this what got me started on this was when they redesigned some of the characters in Batman, the animated series between season three and four. Mm -hmm. Um, and then some of them got cool upgrades, like the scarecrow got way more terrifying looking, but some of them like really got downgrades, like Commissioner Gordon got kind of lamer looking, and uh. And the Riddler got really, a really lame up. Like, he never was shown. You only saw him in the background a couple times. But, mm. like, he looks more like the Frank Gorshin one and less, like, the cool one with the boulder hat and all that, which is nah. it's not cool. Yeah, he was bald for some reason. And just, he like, it was really weird looking. <laughs> Tiny little legs. Like, it was just a... Bane got a cool upgrade, too, though. Like, I don't know. Some, some characters got upgrades, but some got serious downgrades.
1: So do we have any opening thoughts on X-Men First Class? Um, I think Andre and I actually had sort of the same reaction to one of these movies. It's funny
2: because watching these again, there are some that are better than I remember and some that are worse than I remember. And,
1: and <laughs> this one was know, on the like, worst side. Like,
2: and it seems like they go <laughs> the opposite. Anyone that I think was the better ones that I'm watching. Well, no, actually, no, because X Men two is still the best one to me that I've seen oh, yeah. so far in the re- yeah, in rewatches. Was. But uh, you know, like Wolverine Origins I remember liking more than I liked the first time around. I really hated it. Yeah, me the first too. Time and uh, I still, it's still not a good movie, not yeah. not even close. But but in this one, I remember thinking it was great. And upon reviewing it, it's it's okay. But I don't remember it's not as good as I remember it being.
1: Yeah, I remember I it being re- like a re- refreshing, like this new take on everything. And it
2: might just be because I
1: hated the last like a stand
2: so much that like anything that was different or you know something else was better to me at that time. I don't know. Like I really hated the last stand when I saw it. Hmm. I still hated it when we rewatched it, but less. Like it, I think it was like half half an hour of a good movie up until when Cyclops gets to alkaline lake is when it it goes down. Oh, yeah. But up until that point, it's pretty decent. Yeah,
3: I don't know. I yeah. thought I thought first class. I liked the campiness aspect of this movie. Like um, yeah, they, they really you know, go I was, hard. I I, I was yeah. like reviewing the Wikipedia page before this. I was like, you know, that uh, the Bond films of the '60s was an influence on Matthew Vaughn when he did this. I was like, I could totally see that. Oh, yeah! like, oh, yeah,
2: I never think of that. Yeah, totally.
3: Yeah. And I, I love that aspect of it. If I think of like, cause like some of the absurdity of some of the Connery bond movies, like, you know, there, there's some great movies in there, but there's some really out of out, out there stuff. And I'm like, I feel like they're kind of channeling that in this one. And it's like,
1: yeah, the, the villain even has a submarine. Like, he, yeah. he gets, like that's the most bond thing ever. Like, and they
2: right? got the sw- swing sixties aesthetic, you know, where like the, yeah. there's, you know, the, like Professor Fr- 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 X is all groovy and like trying to figure yeah. up chicks and stuff. Right. Like,
1: and a criminally used White Queen is like the Bond
2: villain. Right. But yeah. like yeah. One the one that winds up, you know, uh, the, the Bond villain always winds up, you know, kind of being some kind of a. Uh, usually Bond ends up sleeping with her at some point. Right. And, like she ends up with Magneto side at the end. So kind of. Yeah.
3: I mean, you, you got to mm. give it up for Kevin Bacon, too. Like, the dude is, like, scenery chewing through the, every scene in this movie. Oh, like, yeah. like, a lot of times these people do these movies and, like, sort of, like, big stars, like, they're, like, slumming it. Yeah. Like, Kevin Bacon's is just going for it. And I was like, yeah. I actually respect that.
2: <laughs> I honestly would have liked to see way more of him in World War II. Like, that version yeah. of him was much more scary than, like, the, the 60s yeah. kind of right. Bond villain version. Yeah. But what a redo
1: of Sebastian Shaw. Now let's we're like, yeah, let's just make him a Nazi.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's Shaw in name only, really. I mean, what else is yeah.
1: that? Well, everything in these X-Men movies are is pretty much in name only. That's been one of my gripes through our reviews so far. It's like Sabretooth wasn't well, Sabretooth was kind of Sabretooth in origins, actually.
2: But, like, that first saber tooth guy was just for like, the most part. But if random, you think, like, like, they don't really go too deep into anything in that movie, like, he's just like, no. I'm aggressive and I don't like being told not to be aggressive, and that's my whole motivation. I'm gonna kill everyone who tells me not to, you know, yeah. not to be angry. Yeah, yeah, you want to get into yeah. it?
1: Yeah, let's get into it.
2: All right, so we get back essentially. I, I, I wanted to double check, I don't think it is, but it's goddamn close. A, a complete, I, I would have sworn that this was just the clip from X Men 1 again. <laughs> um But it's very—I don't think so. But it's very—it's <sighs> yeah, filmed very similarly, even some of the shots and scenes there. I'm assuming because hey, now, you
1: I, we're not even ten seconds in, and I already have a gripe. So I remember this being more of a reboot issue, or at least more of a soft reboot. No, but this was definitely—they so they tie it right in with these exact same actors in this exact same World War II scene. I just, which I, I don't, don't think—I think, don't think it's the same. I don't kid. think that helped. The kid's oh, the it's definitely kid. the same kid. Well, no, looks movie, like this really? movie
2: came out 10 years, like 10 years after X Men. Yeah, well, like, wow, they got down to
1: kid that looked just like him.
2: That kid would have been like 20 something, he would have been way older than he mm-hmm. was when he was in the movie.
1: Um, and I don't but, think you said, seen... I think they should have just connected it more because then it wouldn't be so weird that Mystique is Xavier's sister. But in yes. those first three movies, he never mentioned. They also
2: that. W- they sure. use one line <laughs> of dialogue to explain Speaking why she still looks young in the future. Do you, do you get at one point uh, Beast when he's studying her says something like uh, "Your DNA replicates itself so frequently, age yeah. so much slower, so like you mm-hmm. know what, you'll look the same when you're 60 as you will now, which explains yeah. why she will look, you know, looks. But like no reference whatsoever that they had a childhood together, that they were like basically brother and sister. Uh, what's so that's why, like, if you just take the, I guess, I guess the next movie tried to fix it with first, like, with timelines because the time travel, screwing everything up, but uh, it still is just uh,
1: Dan the, the man end wants end. to know how we felt about the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer.
2: Well, let's say that to the end. That's all uh, right,
1: we'll save that for the end. Yeah. Band,
2: um, so yeah, we basically get the same scene where if you remember from X men One with uh, the kid being pulled away from his parents in the concentration camp, and trying to reach out to them and. Uh, using his burgeoning magnetic powers to r- bend the gate before he gets knocked out by by the Nazis. Um, this time, of course, we see somebody watching this from a window, uh, you know, sipping tea and looking rather nefarious, very James Bond villainish, as you mentioned. <laughs> um, and then Did we James get a,
1: Bond ever fight Nazis?
2: Uh, Ru- no, Russians pretty close. I mean, like Cold War Russian people, but that's about as far back as it goes because Doctor No was past the war. Yeah. Dr. Oh, no is my favorite one. I like that one. The very first one. Hmm. Uh, so then at the same time, we catch uh, a young ch- boy who we come to know as Charles Xavier uh, here coming down to the kitchen. He hears noise and seeing his mother digging around in the fridge. Uh, they have a bit of an interaction. And the mother tells him to go to bed. She'll make him a sandwich, in which he realizes that this woman is not his mother because his mother is a rich, aristocratic type person who would never make him a sandwich, would get the help to do it. Uh and then and, and accusing her the the woman reveals herself to be a shapeshifter who's also a little girl that is blue, as we come to know as Raven Dark Home or Mystique, which I guess that name comes much later, but for now just Raven. I gotta say, yeah. You right? She like reduces in mass was a
1: bit clunky. It
2: was, it's, it's gotta be interesting. Because like. like, would she just be super light? Like if you were to go pick up the woman, that that like the adult sized woman that's being transformed from a child, because the mass wouldn't be there. Would she be lighter? Or is that just like it's very confusing, isn't it? Well, I mean, she she takes the form of like Wolverine and like punches him through a wall or something, and punches him so he does not flip at one point. So, like, I don't know if it's the, the full adaptation takes everything, including the adamantium skeleton, or what. But
1: mm-hmm. no, she doesn't get an adamantium skeleton. Yeah, there's I know. But like... cosmetic. There's like there's better
2: shapeshifters than her. Uh then we get quite possibly the best scene in this movie, which is um, back to Magneto, who is brought in to see uh, what's his name? What is his German name in this? He's Isn't not like Schuss- Schmidt
1: or something like that. Yeah,
2: it is Schmidt. Something Schmidt. Mm. Uh, so he claims to be working on experiments with the Nazis. He's not necessarily one of them, but you know he's here, and that their 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 methods are rudimentary but they're effective, kind of thing. So he wants him to be able to use his powers that he saw him use earlier to move a coin on the desk. Um, And because he's having issues doing that, he can't bring him, he can't make it work for him. Uh, He brings in his mother, uh, Manito's mother or Eric's mother. I guess we're not at those names yet. Eric's mother and uh, points a gun to her head and says that he'll shoot her. If he can't do it until the count of three, he tries his best, but he's unable and they shoot his mother causing him to, uh, fly into a rage, which activates his powers and makes him crush the metal helmets of the soldiers, which makes them die. Uh, crush. It's so funny that like he, when his powers activate, he kills everyone that's not the guy that killed his mother. Because <laughs> like, like Shaw's standing right there, and he kills everyone else, and he makes the whole room that's like Shaw's experiment room um, crush in on itself and bang around. Uh, and then that Shaw happens comes-
1: in bad movies a
2: lot. <laughs> yeah, well you know, if you just killed him right then, then we it'd be funny. It'd be actually really funny if they did just kill Kevin bacon in the first two minutes and then like you never see him again. Like just complete waste of a an actor of that caliber.
1: The old psycho <laughs> in uh,
2: beginning, eh? <laughs> But but uh well actually psycho was like forty minutes in before they killed off the female lead and then and then gave us a new female lead. Um but so, and, and, like, the glee on Kevin, like, the the scenery chewing, you're kind of saying, like, the glee on his face when he's, like, watching, you know, him kill, he's like, oh, wow, you know, like, he's oh, wow. really enjoying all the, the destruction and seeing his powers at work. Yeah. Um, but, like, Shaw's powers are pretty impressive, too, you know, like, when you see them in action later. Uh, and we, I kind of like, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, go you go ahead.
2: I was going to say, I like how they, they show it when we see it later, like, the way they do it in the movie. It's kind of cool. But.
1: I was gonna say we haven't seen such gleeful scenery chewing from a villain since Generation X and um, Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Matt Frewer <laughs> is by
2: far the, the biggest scenery chewer in any movie in that movie. Uh it's like if oh god Ace Ventura and the mask were one character in one movie as a villain. Played by Matt Frewer. So um he he comes to the conclusion that you know Magneto's powers are activated through anger. Uh so that's going to be the basis of where they're going to start experimenting with his powers and and he puts the coin in the kid's hand um and leaves him and then we get to the future uh or rather to the future of this timeline which would be i guess the 60s i don't know if it says exactly what year it is it may and i may have missed it but we get this cool little like the coin flips over and shows the first class you know symbol Mm -hmm. um one thing i want to say that i like about this movie quite a bit is the music uh the score is quite good. That scene where you you cut to the slightly in the future and you see a now adult Eric uh with the same tattoo in his arm with the number and uh, him flipping the coin in like a, a hotel room. They got this really like dark kind of score underneath it, which is you really cool. be- Yeah, no problem. Um, which I thought was really neat. I mean, is a cool actor. Um, he's definitely good in right. this role. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh,
3: everything I've seen him in, like he elevates, uh, pretty much. Like uh, the, a, the last thing I saw him in was The Killer on Netflix. Oh, and,
2: so good! Oh, good. There's only one movie I've ever seen him in that I hated, and it wasn't his fault, but it was just a bad movie. It was the Assassin's Creed movie?
3: Oh, I didn't see
2: that one. Oh. oh God, it's bad! It's so bad, man. <laughs> and you're a video game guy, so like you, I know. You
3: well, I don't really go for the video game movies because, like, I, I feel like that's a whole other soapbox. I'm like. You no. can't take away the agency that you have when you're playing a video game, and then remove it to watch a movie version of that. Like it's like, I, agree. I feel like you lose something. But you know, then you have like The Last of Us, which was like a pretty solid adaptation. So I don't
2: there's know. there's good ones out there. I mean, like uh, the, the Resident Evil ones always fell short for me, and I love those games mm-hmm. so much.
3: Yeah,
2: I agree. I mean, they're stupid. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, well, especially like it's funny because I always say like they just they scare the shit out. Of, like they don't scare me but like you give yourself a heart attack you're always jumping from things coming out of left field oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. I, I started playing re4 again the remake that they just did and mm-hmm. uh, i forgot about that whole scene when you got to survive in the village for like 10 minutes yeah everyone's just coming at you and i was like holy shit <laughs> like i forgot about this yeah it's <laughs> and even at Nem- like in resident evil 2 when the mr x chase you around i was like being chased by that guy is like the most uh like heart yeah you know pumping part and then then they make nemesis the whole game is that and you're like oh god (laughs) (laughs) but uh so we see him uh we see Magneto uh gazing at a a a serial killer board that he made with little red strings leading to all the people he needs to kill Mm. to get revenge for his uh his twisted past although at no point do they ever really explain how he got away from the nazis or if he got away from the nazis they just let him go or you know, uh Magneto movie they were going to do at some point. <laughs> yeah, well that's that's what this was originally going to be and after seeing that scene at the beginning and then yeah. seeing the stuff with him getting revenge before we get to back to the X-Men, I would have just liked to see that. I like that would have been a great movie. Yeah. I would have been really down for that, which just is just a of-
1: Magneto revenge epic.
2: Yeah, up until he connects with, wasn't that movie. what they were gonna
1: do? Like, yeah, the was, next yeah. movie supposed to,
2: it was just gonna be that. Yeah, there's gonna be uh, x Men Origins Magneto movie, which would have been this. And if this had been it, and we didn't have him hook up with, Char- well, I guess he would have hooked up with Charles at the end probably. But like, if it had been him getting revenge on the Nazi, like this would be like Munich the movie yeah. munich but with like you know mutants killing the people that like if there's a whole group of people in the camps that other mutants are experimenting on and we get some like cool other x-men characters and they were getting revenge on the nazis that you know tortured like them. this
1: movie meets great.
2: wolverine origins yeah America. kind of i mean it's <laughs> a weird overlapping way mm-hmm. but then we see uh charles uh we, we meet charles who's now has hair and is about 20 i'm guessing or 22 ish because he's just about to graduate from university to be a professor. So he's at a bar trying to pick up a girl with two different colored eyes who has the most ridiculous two different colored eyes I've ever seen in my life. A very groovy mutation. <laughs> a very groovy mutation. Yeah. He's got this like pre this canned sort of thing he has to, to talk to, to women that he finds attractive based on whatever physical trait he can use to explain mutation to them. Cause he does it a little later with a woman with red hair. Uh, you know, and he, and he names the chromosome or whatever that causes that to just show off how you know brilliant he is. Um, but I love that he's pretty big flex, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> he also has mental powers too that allows him oh, to. Right. Like...
1: I do, How's I do, that, love him this... though? that just means somebody else in the room would have to know that.
2: Well, I do love in this movie <laughs> that they give, they give him the tell when he's using his powers because he does this. It's when you know, you know, oh. when you know he's going to use his power, <laughs> he's using his powers.
1: I like a good Professor Xavier temple touch
2: myself well it's yeah. so funny because it's like you know how would that work like i have this physical trait that only works if i go like if i touch my head like this like is there a button <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah cyclops has that button psychic powers activate mm-hmm. so uh they're joined by his sister who is jennifer lawrence played by jennifer lawrence which is raven as an older lady this is probably one of her first what big a choice
1: role. though i mean is that just not just an awful choice for this movie so I'm going to complain a lot about this movie. This is before. Well, I'm not, she, I'm not a big before Jennifer Lawrence fan, but that's what I'm talking about. I just mean, the mystique being his Xavier sister. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's, so weird. it's, a, it's a weird choice. It's... Like I get
2: that. I don't the narrative it
1: adds to it, really. I that think
2: the been... narrative story would have to be acceptance, right? Of acceptance of your powers, which mm-hmm. I find interesting because Charles is not very accepting of mutant of of her just showing her own face, like he's. He, he convinces her mm. to not be in mm-hmm. her original blue form because it disturbs mm-hmm. him, which mm-hmm. is like a horrible trend for a guy that's trying to unite mutants and make them feel accepted in their own skins.
1: So, yeah, well, certain... I think they're trying to play off too, like that people don't really know
2: about mutants yet. Well, yeah, but he, he is what really he wants, to... you know, like he is, but he doesn't want
1: people to know that.
2: So but there is, there is something that is kind of touched on in future movies about the mutants that fit in the mutants that don't, right? Mm. So, like. He's like he can fit in. She can fit in using her powers, but you know she says she shouldn't have to, um, which is something that's played that's mentioned in previous movies anyway. But anyway, well, he's hitting on this girl. Raven's jealous, and it, there's actually quite a through line in this movie that she actually really likes Charles beyond in a brotherly role, uh, but he just doesn't see her that way. Hundred percent. I don't know. That, I, it's never explicitly said, but if you're watching the movie because she gets jealous when he's hitting on the girl with the two colored eyes. So she makes her (laughs) eyes do the same thing. And it's, it's it's Mm -hmm. to, to to draw attention away from the, the, how special this other girl is, you know, and stuff like that. I think it's not, it's not, (laughs) it's not overtly (laughs) said, (laughs) but it's kind of obvious because there's a point later where she sort of may be starting to come on to him. And that's when he rejects her. Her, for, her original blue form, and that's kind of what stops it, and then she goes for Beast and then Magneto. But, uh, yeah. You so, love jumping ahead too much. how How is McAvoy for you guys as Xavier? He's alright. I mean, all right? I feel like he comes into his own more in the in future movies, but...
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Agreed. Yeah. But, like, Bug for him... for But he's playing, like, a 22-year-old guy too. with powers and doesn't really know the extent of what the world can harm him and so like as, as someone who's young and doesn't really get the stakes yet you know i think he does a good job on it like, he's yeah
1: yeah heard he's to, a great actor
2: like to follow too well he's a great actor i mean have you ever oh, seen yeah. split uh, yeah. uh oh dude right. yeah yeah he, he plays like not like some of the multiple personality disorder and he plays like 10 different people as the same person and uh he's fantastic yeah so we cut to find out what life's like now. So uh, Raven and, and uh, Charles, uh, and this is where the, another part of the scene that sets in that she has a, a crush on him. Uh, they live together and uh, she's getting ready for bed. and uh, She comes out and mentions something about if he would date her looking the way she does. And uh, he, he immediately says, Oh, well, you're like a sister to me, which is kind of a cover for the fact that he doesn't like her blue form. Um. Which is, you know, once again. Oh, I it's, guess they do kind of say it then,
1: I yeah. guess, don't they? Well, she, I on right, Andre, they, you were paying attention to this. Movie. Well,
2: they kind of cover. They kind of cover it with like her saying, "Well, I just like if you didn't know me, because she wants to know if she's pretty in a regular form, you know." Uh, and he's like, "Which is funny because I just finished watching Secret Invasion because I was really behind on it, and they have a lot of this in that." You know, like if if your your partner, your your love, or your wife in this in this of that show could look like anybody, like, but her true form is like a scroll. Like, you're always wondering whether they really love you for you or just the what you look like. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, actually, I don't know why people shit on that show so much. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It was like a fun Cold War spy thing with scrolls. I don't know. I dug it. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I liked it. I don't know. Everybody really shits on it. And when I was telling people to catch up on Marvel shows, they were like, "Oh, don't bother with that one." I'm like. I'm going to watch it, and then I watch it, and I'm like, it's great. I don't know. I dug it. I thought it was fun. Um, so then we see Magneto's plan and put it into action, in which he's trying to sell some Nazi gold to uh, restore Nazi gold, rather, in a bank um, with a dubious bank manager that does this stuff under the table for certain people. And then we find out, of course, that Magneto's only doing it to get information on other people that have done this, uh, those being the Nazis that worked in the camp. Uh, he gets the information out of the banker by pulling his fillings out one at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, using his powers, which is pretty and then I think puts one against his head like he's gonna drive it through his head. Um getting that information, he uh takes off to go continue on his his mission. and we cut to Las Vegas, Nevada, where we see uh Rose Byrne, who we know now know as for some reason in this world, not a scientist, but a CIA operative. <laughs> um and, is not, I mean, and it's not Scottish, and it's not Scottish anymore either. Even though the actress that plays her is English, right? Rose Byrne's English, isn't she?
1: Mm -hmm. there's every reason to make her this movie makes so many strange choices I don't know what they were going for here I really don't like on rewatch I was like why did I
2: like this it's also kind of a really convoluted plot the more you get the more you get into it the more it's like needlessly complicated (laughs) Um, so there's a she's in the car with her partner they see a bunch of women in lingerie being brought in uh, as the entertainment she decides the way to get in and get information on Shaw who they're monitoring is to strip down her underwear and join them pretend to be one of them uh cover ursula's ears just one here but all this stuff <laughs> i don't have a problem with this particular plot thread so <laughs> yeah it's quite a it's fine yeah it's it's fine. Uh, it's fine he's like don't don't objectify women based on their looks oh, yeah it's <laughs> yeah, not nice although it's quite easy to do that in the scenes they're all very attractive so she she basically they're turning information on Shaw. um or actually, I think it's not Shaw specifically. I think it's this government, this this general guy, yeah. His dealings with Shaw. So uh, the she sneaks in. Uh, there's like rooms where the, the guy who are, thinks
1: a grenade's gonna save
2: him later. Oh yeah, that guy always plays a military dude in like a million things. <laughs> but uh, she manages. To, she, all the women pair off with uh, different women and go off to their little booths, uh, where you know you're gonna guess, you can assume what would be happening in there. But uh, she sees the January Jones's character, who we come to know as the White Queen or Emma Frost. I don't think she's ever referred to as the White Queen; just Emma Frost. Uh, take the. She general doesn't deserve the move. moniker in, in the like.
1: <laughs> nothing against the actress or anything, but. I mean, honestly, I like, mean, White Queen like, is a great, powerful character, and like snarky and witty, and just none of that is in this movie. <laughs> she's So awkward in this movie. She's
3: so yeah. like not comfortable in this role. Yeah, like,
2: yeah you can tell. Like I. I I never saw Mad Men, so I don't know what she was like in that. But uh, there, she was on the show, the um, – oh, go to hell, Jameel. It's fine. <laughs> it, it does not fall apart at the end. It's fine. Um, so, uh, the – yeah. So, she was on the show, The Last Man on Earth, that Will Forte show, which I really liked, and she was fine in that. It was a comedy, you know. Um, but it was about like a zero virus wipes out most of the population on the planet, and there's only a few people left that are trying to restart civilization. And it's a comedy and it's you know with a darker premise, but she's good in it. Um, but in this, yeah, you can tell she does not seem confident in this role at all, especially for a character that's supposed to ooze confidence, right? Right. So you think she's just cashing yeah. a check, or just like that's just, it's just no, I think she's well, I guess this would have been after Mad Men, wouldn't it have been, or during Mad Men?
3: Yeah, probably like at the tail end of it, maybe
2: and that. like maybe it's the fact that what her character wears for the whole movie like she's basically in lingerie the entire movie
0: mm-hmm. and if you're any
2: kind of self-conscious person i mean she has no reason to be but you know people are regardless of how attractive or, or unattractive they are um i guess that's perspective but uh you know i can see why that would probably be jarring and probably not allow you to want to do this role as much and also it's a comic book thing there's goofy costumes and you know who knows but anyway, Rose Byrne follows them into the booth to try to hear something, finds out, that, sees that it's empty, implies that they've gone somewhere. So she finds a, a secret button on the table that sends her to this secret room, secret part of the casino, where uh, Sebastian Shaw, who is now a debonair uh, Bond, 60s Bond villain in a tuxedo, is talking with this general, and he wants the general to back. Um, is it, is it, it's not straight to Cuba, is it? It's just something to do with nukes, I army mean, nukes against the Russians. It's very kind. I forget. Oh, it's missiles in Turkey. It's missile. Yeah, sorry. I just let it play for a second. They want to put Jupiter missiles. They want to put Jupiter missiles in Turkey, uh, pointing Mm -hmm. towards Russia, which is what the general has blocked. And uh, Shah wants this to happen. Uh, Shah refuses to do that, and to uh, or sorry, the general says he refuses to do that, and then uh, Shah shows him. His power, basically. Not his power, but the powers of those around him. So there's a guy sitting at the bar that has sand powers, I guess. Is, is this guy ever named?
1: Is he supposed to be like uh, Riptide?
2: Oh, that that's possible. Um, let's see if he's named in here. Mm-hmm. He could. He's not Yano's Quested, Alex Gonzalez. That's the only one I see here in the listing that could be him. Hmm. but uh a character, yeah so he's the only one that's kind of listed he doesn't have any he doesn't actually talk in this movie hmm. they, so. what they do in these movies they just oh, it makes me so mad. i love x-men characters
1: and they're also good even the villains and everything he's just like let them talk let them be characters
2: no there's hmm. no room for that i just looked at i also looked up the kid who played uh eric, young eric he is definitely not the kid from the first movie all right yeah right he was that makes more sense, yeah. Because this X Men first class was 2011 and X Men 1 was 2010, so it would have been 10 years later or 2001 so would have been 10, or 99. What year is X Men 1? 2001? 2000, I think it was 2000. Anyway, so uh, they, they basically uh, show him that they have powers that they're mutants with powers, uh, to, to intimidate him into, uh, into doing what he's supposed to do for them. We see January Jones, uh, using her abilities as well um psychic powers She can turn to diamond as well your skin uh and then you know he basically is intimidated into doing what they want him to do so burn sneaks back to the car uses the phone to call our superiors at the cia there's a lot of like misogyny about men not not thinking women can do these sort of jobs in this movie and, and the end the end scene which we'll talk about later just made me groan so loudly uh, <laughs> which which I'm sure is so dumb. But anyway, she runs back to the car to call her boss and tell him that, you know, the general's being intimidated. Uh she just saw him in Las Vegas and then the uh as she was running to do that, we see the general is taken by uh, a red demon looking uh mutant who is Azazel, as we know from the what time a
1: choice, to- another choice. It's Azazel. All right, fine. Who can tell teleport- like They could have just done the Hellfire Club here. They could have. They didn't. They could have had you know Harry. Well, they Lillian do mention
2: and, that this place is called the Hellfire Club, like his, yeah. his uh, casino. But you they, know they didn't need Riptide or whoever he is and uh, Zazel.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, anyway. So yeah, Shaw explains mutation, evolution. They get powers from it, and you know he wants them to do what they're going to do. He calls Zazel, who appears and then takes the general away. She runs to the phone to call her bosses. The boss is saying, "There's no way your general could have been in Las Vegas. He's right here. He's in the bosses. The general's wearing the tuxedo." implying that Azazel um, teleported him all the way from Las Vegas to Langley, I guess. Is that, or no, that's the FBI. Where's the CIA headquarters at, Washington? I don't know, wherever the CIA headquarters are. Or no, they're like in the war room or something, right? So it would be Washington, I assume. So back to Washington. Apparently, Azazel's powers are way stronger than Nightcrawler's. He can only go where he can see. Like it's basically oh, across like the country. Or well, not know. in this. It's I mean, do weird. we do we have to I assume in the continuity know. of this movie, he has to be just a mutant.
1: Like in This movie else. doesn't care about that. It could be he could be a demon <laughs> He gets a line, I think, though. He at least gets to say something. He's I
2: also think. Russian for some reason in this. Oh. Uh if you notice his his accent. Um so we see Professor X graduate, uh, become a full professor. Then we also well see done. Mike- well done. Yes, congratulations, <laughs> tenured professor. Uh, so then we see Magneto. Oh, so when uh, Magneto, I'm sorry, when Eric was uh, getting the information, you know, before we see where he's at in his next stage, which he's in Argentina, uh, which is where the information he got for the banker before, and he uh, finds the two these two men in this bar that are talking about being uh, was it a pig farmer and a tailor, uh, or what their jobs are, but you can tell there's more to them than that. Uh, basically. He said, he speaks, he sees her speaking German, speaks back with them in German, saying his, his family's from certain parts of the same place where this Dusseldorf, I think. And then, um, you know, basically when they say, well, what did you know, well, where's your family now? And he says that uh, they were killed by pig farmers and tailors, the, the things they both claim to be. And then uh, essentially gets in a fight with them. And the, uh, the bartender was a shotgun and. Basically fucks them all up with his uh, his powers, which is actually pretty cool. Like when he takes the knife. This is the best scene in the movie, right? Yeah, that's what I said. All the Magneto stuff up until the point where he joins with Charles is great. If I would have just seen this, and maybe like I said, throw in a few other mutants that were like also wronged by the Nazis that were on like a revenge mission. If this was Munich with with mutants, I would have been totally down for this one. <laughs> throw Eric Bana in there. Um, that movie like still haunts me to this day. It was such a good movie. That's great. Spielberg is like one of those guys that can like, I feel like I read an interview somewhere with Nick Harris or somebody else that worked with him where Spielberg said to them, like I have a great, a a lot of great horror movies in my head, but I'll never get to make them because Mm. the people want Spielberg to do the Spielberg thing. Right. Mm. But, um, every once in a while, he wants though. He could fund a horror movie. Oh, probably. I mean, everything he does pretty much works out. Well, I think the Fablemans was the last thing. I don't know. That must've done well, I assume, but, um, So he fucks up these Nazis and then sees a a a picture on the wall of them on a boat called the Caspertina in Miami. Very convenient, you know. Right on the wall is a beautiful picture of the two guys he just killed with (laughs) Sebastian Shaw on the boat, (laughs) with the name with (laughs) the name of the boat clearly right underneath him. Like it's almost like they're like what. Like what can we? What picture can we take that lead people to us the easiest? <laughs> this is the one. short of them holding their their phone numbers and addresses in front of their in front of their faces, <laughs> on piece of paper. So then we see Charles, who uh, is approached by Moore McTaggart in the bar when he's drinking. He tries to do his uh, his pick up thing, uh, but she's not really having any of it because she wants to talk to him about his stance on, mu- on mutation, because that's what his whole thing is when he's becoming a repressor.
1: Uh he reads. just drop the mix. Let's just call her Moira Taggart.
2: <laughs> Moira Taggart, yeah. Probably. Moira, Moira Taggart. so Taggart. Uh, he uses powers to see that she, what she saw, which is the whole stuff with Shaw, uh, saying that he'll agree to help her, basically. Then we see the general who doesn't want to be pushed around anymore, meeting Shaw in his boat in Miami, and he brought a grenade with him to stop them from hurting him. Uh, I don't understand his game plan there. Uh, well he thought that they he'd blow them all up because they all tried to run down rather than
1: be blown up with him. Like they like is he really gonna like blow himself up? Also, why go in
2: the first place? If you're pretty sure they're gonna kill you, because like it, it seemed like yeah. they were going to now that he did what they wanted him to do. He's like, Oh, watch it, I got a grenade. And then Shaw it's all about him. those uh
1: suitcases full of cash. You know, nobody wants right. a wire transfer. Yeah, right.
2: Can't trace that. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. Whenever it, the, the Bond villain thing is really funny because he's wearing like a full white suit with this a red ascot and a red little patch. <laughs> like he's very well coordinated. Can't believe I um, didn't think of that. It's such a Bond movie. Here. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so he explains that his powers are kinetic in nature in which he can take energy and uh, use it for different means. So he takes the grenade. And, like, the way they show his powers working is kind of cool. It doesn't really make any sense, but it's still neat. It's almost like shadow versions of him. Like, you see multiple hands coming in and pulling the explosion into him, which is kind of neat. Yeah, it does look neat. It's cool. Um, And then he he can use it in different ways. So he just taps the general and basically moves all the energy into him, and he just... Explodes, (laughs) Explodes, <laughs> he's kind of cool.
1: like the best part of this movie, and you know, he's nothing like comic book Sebastian Jar or anything, but like, whatever, he's he, he's still pretty good in this movie, <laughs> but a gleeful villain, nonetheless. The gleeful villain and the powers are pretty
2: cool, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Moira Tiger brings Charles to see her bosses in the CAA and they explain mutant powers to them. They don't believe they think she's been duped by him uh, until Raven shows off her powers. Uh, and then he uses his as well for uses his as well, but the people think it's just parlor tricks, but then Raven shows hers and then they're, they kind of, uh, are, are interested. One guy in, sitting in the back in a chair, particularly played by Oliver Platt, uh, is interested. Who is a, a CIA guy that's into weird stuff and has been tests on psychic abilities and other things like that.
1: I'm pretty sure his character name is just man in the black suit he doesn't it is it is his
2: character name on uh is man uh, i think it's he's like a man in black man in black suit is what his character yeah, is. Yeah. which is quite a fall from jimmy <laughs> king the star of ready to rumble the movie from my childhood that i love so dearly <laughs> the wcw wrestling movie oh man um Actually, there's a he was on the first season of Fargo, which is the show I highly suggest if you haven't seen it. Yeah, first season of Fargo is great. Oh, every season of Fargo is great that I've seen. I haven't seen four yet, but or five, I guess. But it's oh so god, great.
1: how many seasons of Fargo is there?
2: I think there's a new one coming too. So, anyway, they go off with him. Uh, um, what happens in that that particular town? Well, it's through it's actually not always the same place, it's just kind of around. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, they use uh, the man they have to go, uh, she gets some information about uh. Uh, Moira gets information from her partner about some doings transpiring with Shaw, because um, she wants to go after him. But then she gets uh, her partner gets frozen, and uh, Professor tells her to come to the inner mental. He talks to her through his mind to uh, come meet him in the parking garage. God, this movie's long. This is only thirty minutes. This all this stuff has happened in thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, you can yada
1: yada through
2: it somewhere. Uh, yeah, we're getting to a big ish scene. So they use their powers to make the Man in Black come with them. They all get on a boat to go stop Shaw. At the same time, they're trying to find Shaw. Magneto also finds Shaw, but is stopped from being able to attack him by his mutant friends. Um, He also gets caught up in everything going on. Charles senses there's another guy trying to kill Shaw with his powers, reaches out to him. Magneto can't let it go and wants to try to use his powers to pull the boat back. But it's too much for him and it's going to kill him. And Charles jumps in the water and Help use his powers to get him to release, so that he can uh, survive. Uh, then the Man in Black takes them to his facility where he's studying on mutant powers and all this stuff. And we see some like prototypes for the the X Jet and other things that come around later. And we meet uh, young Hank McCoy, who Charles immediately outs as being a mutant. He's like, "Oh, you already have a mutant working here." And the Man in Black's like, "What?" And then, and then they all look at, at at McCoy, and he's like, "I didn't tell them yet," <laughs> you know. <laughs> And he shows his powers with, uh, which are his feet, which are like prehensile or not, no, like, like eight feet, like hands, basically. Yeah. They can do a flip and uh, all fun stuff with that. Uh, also, you he know, he can do a flip. You can hang upside down like a monkey, run
1: very fast for some
2: reason. Also, Magneto's now, or Eric's now joined the team. He's hanging out with them and is part of their, their further adventures. Um, All right, so moving along, he
1: he tells me that he has to channel his rage and that'll make his powers stronger
2: or something like that. Well, that was what his anger is what made his powers work the first time, but we later on we learned that it's more than just that, I guess. Still kind of dumb, pretty saccharine, but anyway. Um, so we see that, uh, you know, the the, during the fight she senses another telepath around, um. Emma did So her and Shaw talking, and uh, Shaw said he had this helmet made to protect him from telepath, which as we recognize immediately is like a silver version of the Magneto helmet. Um, the origin which, of the helmet, which Magneto makes much worse later when he wears it. The cut, like the color's fine, but why add that stupid little chevron in the front? It looks, it looks like cool, Henry. It looks cool, and like the costume he has in the next movie looks pretty cool. That one he has at the end of this movie, not so much. <laughs> they really made him comic booky. Like they didn't I know that I know there's like a a, a, ba- a careful balance between the real world and uh it's the camp they're going for in this particular movie. Yeah, and it does. It does look like something someone in the sixties, I guess. Because I suppose the apocalypse is like in the eighties, right? Or in the 70s? 80s. Yeah, 80s. Oh, so no, first we it must be the seventies, because we got future past next and then apocalypse. So mm. I feel like uh, in in Apocalypse he has a more uh, actually no oh, god I forget that movie so much so like I feel like I fell asleep in the theater watching Apocalypse. So we we see Shaw and the Frost where they're talking. They're in the Arctic in the su- in a submarine, which is where they're hanging out now with the Zazel and Riptide, I guess is we're going to call them because I can't think well, of another. I'm to
1: say Riptide. Why not? Got any guesses, Joe? Probably right.
2: Riptide. <laughs> So does Riptide make sand? What is it? Or wind? What does it? No, mean? he
1: just says wind. Yeah, like kind of whirlwindy sort of powers. He's a marauder.
2: But what? What does the tide part come in? Riptides are. There's water. Is it just? If it's just wind, wouldn't it be Gale? Yeah, you're overthinking. This Andre, it,
1: no. if he's doing his thing over water, I'm sure it throws some
2: water. I'm around. a graphic designer, my My world is marketing kind of like I, you know, this is just poor marketing, this is bad branding. You don't give him a name that doesn't apply to his powers. Come on, <laughs> I guess he may have shows it. So, anyway, we see uh Raven and uh, Hank talking. Uh, Hank wants to use Raven's powers, mm-hmm. take some of her blood to do some studies, she's kind of flirting with him. Because in she thought he looked cool, like he was cool with his abilities. Because, you know, obviously the fact that he physically doesn't look like a normal person in some aspects doesn't bother her because there's a she. So while they're, uh, he's drawing her blood, she goes to kiss him. Magneto walks by and says, kinky. Basically, because he's overhearing what they're doing. Uh, and then tells Raven that she should never have to change what she looks like. That she's perfect the way she is. And honestly, up until this point, I'm siding with Magneto. Like mm-hmm. like Eric's totally right. He's like, You shouldn't have to change, take some drug to change what you look like. You're you should be able to accept who you are and what you are.
1: Yeah, they make they try to make Magneto the good guy in most of these movies,
2: really. Um well it's just I mean, honestly, this movie they try to they try to explain his decisions based around his trauma, like his mm-hmm. what happened to him and his family in, in uh Auschwitz. It's like uh, they do that
1: in the old ones too,
2: like he would always show the tattoo on his arm ish but he's definitely a lot more cool common collected in the in the other movies oh except, yeah except at some key points
1: um i like McAvoy as xavier better than i like fassbender as magneto oh really i thought magneto fassbender's magneto was great
3: yeah i love like a whole fassbender is like the 80s uh headmaster
0: you know i it. Oh, yeah. that, that'd be that'd great be interesting <laughs>
1: They didn't go that route. So I know. Oh, well. unfortunately. <laughs> they should have. I don't think I've seen the last one. I haven't seen Dark Phoenix yet.
2: Yeah, um, you know what? It also wasn't. Oh, I'll see what I feel when I go see it. But I remember thinking yeah. it wasn't as bad as everyone said it was. It certainly wasn't as bad as the Last Stand. Um. So anyway, Nito's going to leave. Uh. You know. Uh. Charles reached out to him and kind of connects with him to get him to stay. You know to help. They decide to use uh, the uh, the band of black shows and shows in Cerebro, which is something that Beast has been working on. I'm just going to refer to them as their X-Men names because it's much faster than trying to yammer over whatever. Uh, and they use it to go find some mutants to help the cause. They find a stripper mutant played by Zoe Kravitz, who we now know as Catwoman, which is I forgot was in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. She is she plays Angel, the version of Angel that is the um, the insect woman. From Grant Morrison's run. From your
1: beloved Grant run. Morrison's.
2: It run. is, it is my beloved Grant Morrison run. I believe Joe agrees with me. You love that run too, right Joe? It's one of my favorites. I feel like we talked about it when you're on my show. We did. Um then we meet Darwin, who's a cab driver that is a, and they explain their abilities to each other later, but I'll just do them now for brevity. Uh he can adapt to any situation. If he's in water, he'll grow gills. If he's can he though? Yeah, not not if it means not dying, then yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. But, uh, so... What a choice.
1: Oh, my God. That... When do we get to that point? Anyway. Uh...
2: We meet a kid I'm in uh, Solitary, uh, who's Alex Summers. Who, If he's Cyclops' brother, he's going to be...
1: There the... it is. There's yeah. the Temple he's also
2: got. He's also got those Dickensian fingerless gloves on. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> is that good. from this movie? Isn't it? I feel like it might be from the next one. but Because yeah. at one point, oh, here's he's all kids. Like, yeah, that's them. Uh, so, oh yeah, so we see uh, Banshee. havoc
1: and Banshee there too.
2: yep So if if Alex Summers is supposed to be Scott's older brother in this, uh, he is yeah. uh, like ten years older than him, I guess, because or more, because age wise, right?
1: But when did we see? Because they 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 forced young Scott into Wolverine Origins awkwardly. Yeah. So when was that? Because that 80s. Scott was probably like sixteen or seventeen. That would have been in the eighties, I think, right? Wolverine Origins, so he so Cyclops was 16. Because, in
2: if, assuming X Men takes place in 2000 when he came out, then none was, of this makes any 30. sense. No, it makes sense if it was the 80s when Cyclops was around, like he was in high school. Because in high 15, school, in the 80s? late 80s,
1: and then in he's 30, when we let's say he's 30, in yeah, year 2000.
2: Yep, yeah. <laughs> ish like 89 you know 99 it's only 11 years it was it was uh, late 80s maybe All but right. anyway we see havoc who has these abilities to shoot these energy beams out of his, out of his body that he can't really control uh they also approach uh Weird, also, they just uh, kind of make them like cyclops beams too so they're like red and everything yeah they look kind of cool then we see uh banshee trying to pick up a girl at an aquarium by scaring i was the hoping fish for, for some that, reason
1: my favorite havoc design with like the cool helmet the headgear in the all-black suit with just, like, the circle.
2: Banshee's introduction is really dumb, too, because he's, like, at an aquarium <laughs> trying to hit on a girl and she having none of it, so he uses his powers to make all the fish go away. Like, it's just really dumb. So, anyway, they recruit him, and then they also try to recruit Wolverine, who's sitting at a bar, and when they come Again, up to him...
1: it's nothing they... like Banshee, but Banshee's, like, one of my favorite things in this movie. It's nothing like comic book Banshee or anything, but I like the way his power looks, and... You know, the kid's kind of funny,
2: so they approach. Yeah, Logan they go. At a bar. <laughs> tells bar he just before they even say anything, he tells them to fuck off, and they. Uh, he actually they says "fuck off," <laughs> and, uh, and they just turn and leave, which is kind of done for comedy, really, more than anything. Um, I'm still
1: PG thirteen because you're allowed to say that once. It's just
2: you know PG-13. what's the cleverest way I've ever seen that done? There's what's that? uh there's not a movie this called- movie. No, there's a movie called "Be cool, uh, Get Shorty." That you may remember with uh, yeah, uh, Danny DeVito. Right? They, they did a sequel called "Get Cool." Uh, it was "Get Cool." Get, Get Shorty. Cool. Be cool. Be cool.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, that the Rock was in, and some other people. But at one point, the the gangster character who became a music was it an acting? He's making movies in the first one, in the second one, I think he's trying to become a music producer or something, or vice versa but uh and, and at one point he's talking about how movies are bullshit because it, to get a pg rating you can only use say the f word once in the movie because you know what i got to say about that fuck that and that's all he says and the f word never comes up again and the movie was pg-13
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty close yeah uh. so
2: uh we see them in their submarine uh, goofing around looking for uh, the next stage of their plan which we come to learn as we go we see Charles and uh, Magneto getting closer. We see the, the teens the all, te- yeah. Like, like Z- as they cool. We mm. see the te- the teens bonding at the uh, the military showing each other each other's powers. Um, they fuck up a statue while doing so. Um, then let's see if we go here. We see them getting kind of rowdy and they cause some damage and then they're sort of talked down to by Magneto oh. and Professor X and. And uh, then we come come I and see them. They also give each other their names. They come up with where the code names come from. They're like, oh well, I'm you know I'll be Mystique, and you the Darwin's name is Darwin, so that's why he uses his. Mm-hmm. You know, they all choose names based on their powers. Um, let's see. Let me get to. Where's the next step here? Where are we at? Oh yeah, them using uh, them going on a mission to. Uh, in- intercept the white queen who's going to talk to a rush is a uh, a general in Cuba because uh the next stage of of his plans are to put missiles in Cuba. As uh, you know, as we all know about the Cuban Missile Crisis from the Cold War in the 80s. Uh she's there to try uh, the white Emma's there to try to intimidate him in doing so, or not intimidate, but rather lust him into doing so. Uh he thinks that he's having sex with her. In fact, she's just using her powers to make him think that. Uh, Charles and Magneto bust in and uh, tie her to the bed. And then, like, this is one thing, like, so Magneto uses his powers to, like, crack her diamond by crushing her with the metal pieces, making her go back to her human form. Because when she's in diamond form, you can't uh, read her mind or use psychic powers on her. So if she imply, and he even tells Charles, There you go, read her mind. And if she goes back to Diamond so just give her a tap, implying that she'll just shatter, which is why she went back to human form if she. Stayed in diamond form, which doesn't make sense to me because
1: no but, injury transfer from form to
2: form. I guess not, but that's a really weird and like and later on she becomes diamond again, so it must heal. Hmm. Anyway, he uses powers. To I see didn't think about a lot and in much depth <laughs> in this movie. He uses powers to see into her mind, which sees that what Shaw is basically trying to do is, is cue a nuclear uh holocaust. Um, you know, causing a nuclear war between Russia and America, and essentially causing it, which actually is kind of out of the script that uh, Mr. Skurr had had let us read. We had a previous guest on the show as a writer for the X Men cartoon, and he wrote a spec script for an X Men movie in the nineties. And We're doing uh, a, radio theater theater a radio theater, do a radio theater of it, which is yeah, if you're in, so you can cool. kind of hear it read. Yeah, it's cool. It was actually pretty neat. But aspects of it have kind of, and he said that he sent it to Avi Arid early on. And aspects of it seem to bleed into other things that we've seen, so I don't know if it's ever X-Men
1: out. 1 and 2, even. Like, a lot.
2: But, like, the idea that, like, someone's causing a nuclear war because the mutants will survive it, but it'll get rid of the rest of everyone else.
1: You know? Yeah. And, uh, and irradiate people and speed up mutations.
2: Speed up mutations. Yeah, exactly. So, we see Shaw and his people break into the base, uh, because while they're off doing that, the other guys are doing this, essentially. Um, Which are trying to get in and uh, find Charles, who isn't there. So he runs into the the kid mutants who are hanging behind. Uh, He wants some to. He gets in a fight with Darwin essentially, and Darwin uses his powers against him. But Shaw is able to use Havoc's powers by absorbing them and then puts it into Darwin's mouth. Well, Darwin just stands there and lets him do it. Here, let me so put this of all
1: the characters. Let's kill the unkillable characters. yeah. <laughs> so he
2: guts his power, I guess, because it kills him from the inside out. Maybe that's why he survived, he, he dies instead of like his skin becoming hard or growing gills or any of these things to allow you to survive.
1: I guess, yeah, but anyway, I guess he, going for shock value of killing the
2: unkillable character. I guess he, t- he tells them to, uh, you know, that he wants them to be able to live the lives they have as mutants and not have to hide. Uh, Angel likes the idea of this and joins him. Um,
1: he's like Magneto. Like Magneto, just takes his philosophy
2: from Shaw. Basically, yeah. He's, he's kind of, of like at the end too.
1: <laughs> just yeah. <him>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he literally just steps into his role, kill, like he's like this guy was a monster. I'll be better. Yeah, essentially, only because I didn't experiment on people. That's why I'm better.
1: <laughs> which so he's, which doesn't really jive with the way Ian McKellen. Kind of portrayed Magneto. Now,
2: Magneto would was willing to sacrifice other mutants, and you know, in the in the first movie, at least. Um, so we see this is where we learn about them wanting to put the nukes in Cuba, all that sort of stuff. We see the kids, uh, you know, going over what happened to them, and and to Darwin explaining it to Charles and Magneto and the crew. Uh, then we see basically the end game of what uh, he's doing, which essentially starting this war it's all happening down near the coast of cuba uh and kind of yeah yeah through a lot of this so there's a, a quick yeah, montage yeah. where they're trying to make the, they need to be ready to fight shaw because they weren't so they do they they're learning to control their powers better um they make a suit for havoc allowing him to control his powers mm-hmm. uh magneto is kind of taught that he can that focus his rage into not just losing his temper but actually like, like remember she out a window yeah, they they throw they throw Banshee out of a window and then a, a satellite dish to learn to use the uh, scream to fly. That satellite
1: um, dish thing they did to him is crazy. Like he could, he so easily could have died. Oh yeah, he uh, pushed him out a window was pretty funny though. We saw Leland Palmer. He, from... he just goes ha. <laughs> he never really right.
2: gets the scream off, so he just hits the ground. Yeah, it's pretty. like right into the bush. Yeah. Uh, we see Leland Palmer from Twin Peaks. Uh, Ray Wise is uh, on the military council. Ray here. Wise,
1: and, oh, he was. was He's the wise. president,
2: I think. It's its kind of vague to quickly see him. Oh, wow. Remember oh, I was wow. saying I thought he was the president in a Marvel movie? It must have been this one. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the president in the Marvel Comics universe at one point, but in the MCU proper. So they see them all learning to use their powers. Um, Beast is learning to run, you know, using his abilities. Havoc gets a, They make a costume for him to allow him to... Uh, to um control his powers, yeah what is it? <laughs> I didn't mind him too much. Uh, really? we see Raven lifting really? weights, and then uh, Magneto Not explaining to her that it's she'd be stronger if she didn't have to concentrate on looking human the whole time. Hmm. Uh, you know, so she should be who she is, uh, more of that. Um, so you see them all getting better at their powers, and and Charles uses his to kind of calm Magneto's mind and explain that like. His love for his mother is what fueled his rage. And if he can channel that in the same level of his anger, that he can use his powers to a greater extent. Which is funny when you think about like X Men 3 when he's lifting the Golden Gate Bridge. If he's just like, mm. I love my mother so much, I'm going to kill all these people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, whole, the whole bridge.
1: Yeah, uh, these movies, they really should have disconnected this, I think, from the original three. It didn't make
2: you. Well, they kind of do at the end of all this, but. Anyway, so we see Shaw going into his endgame where he's moving all the ships in position to uh, to have a start a nuclear war basically. So like the Russians and the Americans are off the coast of Cuba or all have ships with nukes on them, or missiles rather that are all going against each other. Um, and they're getting ready to go. We see Beast finally make a make a, a serum out of his uh, out of his. Oh, uh, what is it? Ra- it well explains why he's blue because he the bloods from from Mystique, which actually is. You know sort of makes sense, so he, he, he synthesized a, a serum that's going to make that inhibit keeping your mutant powers, but inhibit uh the deformity to your body, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, so he wants Raven to use it and she rejects it because like Magneto's constant telling her she should be who she is has finally made her accept who she is. Uh, so he she leaves him. You know he decides to use it, but uh, something starts happening to him. We don't see what, uh, like he, it's it fixes his foot at first, but then fur starts growing out and he starts getting more monstrous, and then we don't see his full transformation. Then we see Raven, who I guess is there's no American werewolf in, in London, no. And this is where the, the infamous meme we get comes from where Raven tries to seduce uh, Magneto, the one with Michael Fassbender where he says, I want the whatever, no, not that one perfection you know that one so because he's she says she's in bed in her human form naked with the sheet over her to try to entice him to sleep with her and he says i prefer the real raven no he says something about her being too young and then she transforms into rebecca remains stamos for little nod to the future movies Mm -hmm. um and then he says i prefer the real raven and then she turns into younger back to the younger form and he says no the real raven um and then she becomes the blue version. He says, perfection. So that's where that that famous meme comes from. And then they sleep together. So this is where we get the whole thing where I tried to tell Davin before that I thought that Magneto and Mystique had a sexual relationship in the future because it really seems like they do in the other movies. Um, so they're on their way to go take off for the mission. Beast leaves them a message saying he'll meet them there and leaves them their uh, their suits and stuff uh, that they're going to wear, which has all, that, all the, the yellow and black X stuff on it. Um, then we meet Beast when they're preparing to leave, who has turned himself into the beast we know with the blue fur. uh he enhanced his ability. To- ah, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got it, David. uh it enhanced it went the opposite way and enhances abilities even more so. And you know, Miss uh, Raven says that he's beautiful, but you know he's still accepting this ability. and even the other guys seem to accept him more. They're like, because, like, Havoc called him a nerd all the time. And he's like, oh, you actually look pretty cool for a nerd. <laughs> so then there's a big fight between uh, the, um, so Kevin Bacon's character uh, is going to use, or going to use the nuclear arsenal from these subs to, like, enhance his powers and use it to enhance this whole nuclear explosion he's about to do. And during Off the Coast of Cuba, there's a big fight between the Russians, the Americans, and the mutants all accumulating in uh, a big thing where basically the the two military sides are going to wipe each other out, but uh, they're able to use their abilities to stop that from happening with the help of all of them working together. They incapacitate the other mutants. Magneto finally gets a showdown with Shaw and manages to use, uh, when Shaw seems to have him one-upped, he he manages to use his powers to pull the helmet off Shaw, which gives uh, Charles enough time to freeze him. And Magneto takes that opportunity to use the coin that he was given as a kid To push it right through Shaw's brain at the other side, which actually was very satisfying. Like it was cool to see. That scene was nice. Yeah. But Charles didn't want him to kill him. He didn't want him to give in to his rage and his anger and all that sort of stuff. So once they get on the, once they get ashore, um, Magneto. Once they start shooting all the missiles out uh, from the ships, Magneto's yeah. going to use his powers.
0: Ah!
2: <laughs> that scene looks really funny. It looks like they're dancing. <laughs> He's like, we're in Cuba. Let's do like some kind of Cuban dance.
1: <laughs>
2: so Magneto is... Now the humans are firing the rockets at each other. Magneto takes the helmet from Shaw and puts it on his own head so Charles can't stop him. And then uses the... He's uh, going to send the missiles to make them both blow each other up, both sides. Um, but uh, during the fight, Charles tries to stop him. There's a whole altercation between uh, all of this sort of stuff going on. Once uh, Moira tries to stop him as well by shooting at him, he deflects the bullets, one goes into Charles' spine, making him distracting him enough to let the missiles go off forever. And then, and then they dance about it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <They> dance. <laughs>
2: He <laughs> <You laughs> leave no <your laughs> friends behind. So, uh, you know, he's down. He's hurt. Uh, you know, Magneto pulls the, the bullet out of his spine um, and, you know, said sorry came to this basically, but he's got, He doesn't see things the same way Charles does. The mutants and humans can't work together. So he once again asks the group of mutants that are left behind who's going to come with him. And, and all of Shaw's guys join him. Like, We're in. <laughs> almost like uh, you know. Once you kill the king, you become the king. Mm. So uh, he's the leader of the Hellfire Club now. <laughs> yep. So uh, he's going to he get the casino and everything. So Raven wants to go with him as well, and Charles tells him tells her to go with him because he, uh, you know, that's where she wants to be. He knows. So she does, and they teleport away with the who is never seen again. Nor is the White Queen. Nor is uh, Riptide. Nor is Havoc. Nor is a bunch of these characters. Um, yeah, so that's basically it. We see Charles Banshee, we
1: see again in Generation X, White <laughs> Queen, too.
2: Actually, that's what, yeah, it's true. Way Banshee. better versions of both those characters. That's where they actually. went. That's where they went. Yeah. Actually, man, that White Queen wasn't great, but anyway. Um, so then we see uh, him in a wheelchair, Professor X in a wheelchair, uh, gonna open a school for the kids, He's gonna be Professor X. Uh, Moira tells him, you know. He's gonna have his X Men. That's for the he kind of you know laughs that off, and uh, kisses her and makes her forget about everything she's seen, basically, to protect the mutants and himself and his his peeps. We see her giving a report to the CIA about everything, about how she can't remember anything, and they're like, "Do you remember nothing?" And she says, "I remember wits of things." And she she says this and that in a kiss, and then all the men groan and are like, "Oh, that's why you don't let women in the CIA." Which is like, I was so, I was like, I think I was on the treadmill at the gym or the elliptical. And I was like, ah, I think I audibly was like, that's so stupid. <laughs> and I remembered that scene from before, but it was just like, oh. So anyway, um, yeah. Then we see the White Queen get uh, rescued by Xavier, who's, or sorry, by Magneto, who's now wearing the Magneto costume. It actually looks more like the the one that he wore in Grant Morrison's run. Um, you know, that's kind of more of a costume. Mm-hmm. They're like a almost like a nobleman costume with the cape and everything, but he's now painted the helmet red with the, he's put a little chevron on it for some reason. And uh they all they rescue her and she joins them and that's basically the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Boom boom, that's it. I I'm managed to wow. get in under an hour. That's great. Wow, you could just watch the movie really an hour and forty five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Well, but I mean, this way we get to stop and talk about stuff. What happens, I guess. Hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, that's
1: yeah. There's some ahead. weird
2: effects on like because I just paused this on that last scene because I was I skimmed through when I'm going over what happened and uh, like it's almost like um, you know those weird like early YTV videos where there's like the the teeth with like eyes and they superimpose like real eyes over an image. Like the white queen looks like that. Like her eyes look like real human eyes, kind of superimposed. Yeah. Over. It's really bizarre. It is very bizarre. They should have just made them white or something. I don't know. They don't <laughs> look right.
3: Yeah, it's funny how they jettisoned like so much of the cast going forward, and it's like every movie. It was almost like, oh, we're just gonna forget about these people and just add some other ones and just toss these aside. And
2: yeah, well, yeah. even too like when when they're when the the kids are all like naming each other. And then when the, the adults show up and get mad at them for goofing off and they they're like your name's magneto to to and he like yeah. you didn't say anything and then at the very at the very end when the white, when he rescues white queen she's like Eric right and he's like, like she didn't even remember he's like I prefer Magneto it's like this, this dumb name they gave me yeah I like
1: it I like it in Squirrel Girl where she fights Magneto and she's like oh I thought it was Magneto
2: <laughs> That's what I thought it was, was kidding you were Magnet I heard it pronounced on something <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you ever see that
3: old fantastic four cartoon from the 60s oh, oh yeah. yeah oh so with that's her? like that was the first time i ever saw magneto was in that show and i love it i still show this scene to my kids all the time because i i cackle every time I see it With like reed richards defeats magneto with a wooden gun
1: isn't he <laughs> like <laughs> orange too isn't he even yeah, yeah he's open? like
3: He's like your your powers won't work on my gun. And he's like why? I mean, like like the cops come and arrest him. Like he just
2: all of a sudden loses his powers. So like, <laughs> yeah. They brain. put metal handcuffs on him. He goes. <laughs> yeah, <away>.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, you no, guys are you no, guys are no, correct. No. So on IMDb, that character's name is Yanos Quested, and if you Google uh-huh. that name, that is the real name of Riptide in the uh-huh. So you are right. He oh. is indeed Riptide. Wow.
1: We are professionals. What can I you say? are? You
2: certainly are.
1: All right. Let's bring it up. Magnificent bastards. Let's, uh, let's do what we do.
0: Each of us will have to look into his own heart and decide.
2: Decide. Decide. Oh, I mean, right. this one It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not great either. Okay.
1: foof um, all right, we rate these out of 10, Joe. Okay, okay. And there's a spot for you here as well. Um, where would you put this out of 10?
3: Well, I enjoy it for the campiness, but it does seriously have some flaws, and it. it is definitely far inferior than like X2, and you know, I even like Days of Future Past better. But I I would still give this a seven out of ten just for All right. just because That's a little fast bender.
2: He elevates it significantly. If it wasn't for him in this, I would, uh, my role, my, mine would be significantly lower. Yeah. Yeah. So it's
3: really him. And I honestly think he's got pretty good chemistry with James McAvoy too. So, you know, yeah.
2: Dynamic was pretty good. Yeah. I I mean, I'm trying to go this on what I gave other people. So I gave X Men 1 and 8, X Men 2 and 9. can't get, this is definitely less good than X Men 1. I'd have to give it a 6. I'll give it a 6 okay six and it's funny because me that when i saw it the first time probably would have given like an eight or a nine mm. so funny how time can change things
1: <laughs> see this one for me is like not great i think i actually liked this on rewatch less than a, the last and i think i have to give this like a four wow but i haven't rated them i've been rating them high. i even gave x2 like a six i'm not super high on these movies so four is not bad in that those terms i suppose jeez six for x2 seems a little harsh
2: but,
1: um but I, I don't
2: <laughs> that's what i mean in context now when you look back you're like oh wait maybe
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but I mean, you're yeah. kind of
2: grading on the on. It's like you, you can only grade on on what is available, right? There's not like there's a, I mean, oh except the, the the beautiful perfect X Men film in your head, but we don't have that one yet. Oh so. my God, Screamy baby! Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what was her? What's the what's the collectiveness of this overall then?
1: That would make it a five,
2: 5. point seven. <laughs> X- we'll we'll raise it two point
1: three. <laughs> Wolverine didn't do so well. Wow. Wolverine Origins. So what well. would you give Wolverine Origins, Joe?
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd probably give that a one.
0: He <laughs> yeah. was looking a seven or
1: eight for me for like 40 minutes and then it
2: became like a zero for the rest of the movie which was yeah. still like another hour so the best was Devin mess me and he goes wait he goes this movie's actually not the bad i'm waiting for it to go off a cliff and then he's like oh it went off the cliff and i'm like what point did it go off the cliff for you and he goes the point where wolverine literally jumped off the cliff when he's like naked <laughs> <and> <laughs> <all been out." laughs> that's perfect perfect yeah. they knew they knew all right, movie. I got a, I got a bunch of fun facts about this so we can all uh, right. Talk let's about hear here. some fun facts. There's so many in these movies. So uh look, what do we got here? We got here. So apparently to prepare for the role of Charles Xavier, uh McAvoy shaved his head and then learned after he did that that they didn't want Xavier to be bald in this, they wanted a full head of hair. So for the first <laughs> month of filming, he had to wear hair extensions. Oh um, <laughs> I remember hearing that the yeah. sh- and then finally shaved his head in X-Men Apocalypse. Uh Stan Lee was going to make a cameo in the film, but because I think they filmed it in Australia or something, he, it was too far away for him at his advanced age at the time, which was funny because this was, like I don't know, 15 years before he died. He wouldn't uh, know any of these characters anyway. Like That was a funny well, no, thing we learned you know, from like
1: uh, Rick Hoberg when he was on the show. <laughs> <was just> like, <laughs> we found out Stan didn't know any of those characters. We were... <laughs> Brought him in for part of the X-Men, and he's like,
2: great, so it's about Iceman and Beast? And he, they're just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's some in- information about the Magneto prequel that never was. The film was originally to be a prequel about Magneto. Uh, Sheldon Turner wrote a treatment, which he described as X-Men meets the Pianist. The story focused on Magneto's early years as the prisoner of war in a Nazi concentration camp, until liberation by a squad of allied forces led by Charles Xavier. They later met, meet after the war and become friends and then rivals. The studio decided to change the film's direction. Um, but kept yeah, some aspects of it. Uh, Colin Firth and Kevin Bacon were both Matthew Vaughn's top choice to play Sebastian Shaw, since he always wanted to see either of them play a villain. The studio felt there were already too many Brits in the cast, so they went with Bacon instead of uh, Colin Firth. Though Colin Firth would have been a good a good Sebastian Shaw, yeah, much much closer to the source material than this guy than than Kevin Bacon for sure. But Vaughn later cast Firth in the Secret Service Kingsman movie in the Golden Circle, so he got his. You got as Azel's Russian in the film for some reason. That was different than the comics. Uh, Kevin Bacon's character was sort of based on Joseph Mengele, as you can kind of tell with them experimenting on humans and stuff. Um, Fastbender studied Ian McKellen's performance in the other movies because he wanted to like pay homage to what he did but do it his own way. Um, uh, but Vaughn wasn't very interested in that. He wanted him to do his own thing. So they kind of eschewed some of the stuff that he started picking up to, to ape. McKellen. Um, doo, 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 doo. Also, Nicholas Hold studied Kelsey Grammer's performance as Beast. Really? You can't yeah, tell. <laughs> Not really. Um, let's see here. So,
1: I should have just had Grammer come in and like age him down.
2: <laughs> like do de aging on him. That would have been pretty funny. Brian Singer uh, was approached to direct it, but he turned it down because of his commitment to Jack the Giant Slayer, which actually stars Nicholas Holt, too, which is funny. Mm. Um, So he's replaced with Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn didn't want the cast to do any of their accents in their performances, because McAvoy had planned to copy Sir Patrick Stewart's, and Rose Byrne was going to be Scottish, but he told her not to. Um, McAvoy Scottish, so it said he was that's,
1: disappointed. That's <laughs> terrible. Like, this, what? Who's making these decisions? I don't know about this Matthew
2: Vaughn. fellow. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, his his movies are interesting. I mean, they were interesting. Then they got kind of glitzy ever since he started doing all these Mark Miller adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, so the costumes are sort of an homage to Jack Kirby's uh, old school ones, um, and also Grant Morrison's ones, the black and yellow that they do. Uh, many of the pieces from the original Mystique's costume were used in this to, to do the effects on Jennifer Lawrence. So, oh, this is interesting. So according to Visual Effects Supervisor, the biggest problem was them depicting Emma Frost's diamond body without looking like she was made of jello or, or a polygon model of a human being. So they used live-action plates while retaining her lips and eyes um, to go from diamond form. A couple guys that played Nazi soldiers in the movie also played Nazi soldiers in Glorious Bastards. What a way to get typecast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, This was Alex Gonzalez's first film in English. The guy who played Riptide. <laughs> he hasn't said any words, so I guess technically it doesn't matter.
1: Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, here you go. Matthew Bond wanted the film to resemble the productions of the 60s. So he framed it and even filmed it in a way that was similar to how movies you filmed in the Mm -hmm. sixties. Although, although never named in the film, Davin, you'll enjoy this. Oliver Platt's character is is meant to be FBI agent, Fred Duncan from early X-Men comics, Hmm. which is sort of a deep cut. Uh, They could have called him Fred. Yeah. I don't see why not. Right. Or at least, you know, something, uh, Jason Fleming, who wore the makeup, uh, uh, who's kind of a famous actor. Uh, I don't know why he played his easel on this, because he barely said anything or did anything, that like they could have had a guy like the other guy play him. Um, you know him to see him. He's a famous English actor who always plays. Kind oh, of yeah, I know Jason Fleming. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, you know, he didn't want to, he did play Calibos in the Wrath of the Titans movies and didn't want to do all the effects again, but uh, made an exception to do this one. <laughs> Which is funny, once again, because it didn't really matter. Uh, Josh Ramsey, lead singer of the Canadian band Marianas Trench, provides Banshee screams in the film. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose Byrne was cast pretty late in the production. He came much later. Uh, yeah, it's most of the big stuff. Uh, oh, Brian Cranston apparently was also up for the role. Sebastian show. Oh. But turned it down in the movie Drive. Which I love that movie Drive, so I'm glad he did that. But still, Uh, uh, Matthew Vaughn was originally hired to do X Men: The Last Stand, uh, which is why he ended up doing this one. Um, That's most of the important stuff. Yep, apparently Taylor Lautner from the Twilight movies was considered to play uh, Beast, but dropped out due to scheduling conflict. Bullet dodged. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have, we could have, could have <laughs> had Werewolf Boy from the the, the Twilight movies. Yeah. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, that's most of it. There's a bunch more, but we didn't go to all this. Amber Heard apparently was up for the role of Mystique, before Jennifer Lawrence was. Uh, beast fur was made from Arctic fox hair. I guess it must have died it blue. Hmm. Josh Hutcherson and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson were both rumored to appear as Cyclops when this was being coming out. And uh, Edward Furlong apparently was considered for the role of Charles Xavier.
1: <laughs> that would have oh, been my God.
2: Can you imagine what that would have looked like?
1: Had he even acted in 10, 15 years at that?
2: Uh, he did one of those terrible Crow, straight-to-blue DVD uh, movies, like Wicked Prayer or something, I think it was called.
1: That's that's mind-blowing. <laughs> I just want to see that version. I want to see that because he just said, he hadn't acted
2: so. I'd be like. But, <laughs> um, only the only the first X-Men fe- uh, movie to feature the F-word. They shot it in four months. And there's a lot of notes here. I mean, that's most of the big ones. Hmm. Apparently, the, the Fast and Furious. Uh, this is actually interesting. I didn't mention this last time, but I read it when I first uh, when we were talking about this for the previous movies was that the. Um, the Fast and the Furious and the X Men franchises released the same installments of a franchise in the same year. Wow. So, X Men X2 was 2023, Fast Furious 2 was 2023, uh, The Last Stand and uh, Tokyo Drift for 2006, uh, Wolverine Origins, Wolverine and Fast Furious uh, was both 2009, First Class and Fast Five, 2011, The Wolverine and Fast Furious 6, 2013, Furious 7. Wow. Uh, yeah. Right, uh, X Men Days Future Past were all the same. Mm.
0: Uh,
2: it would have been the same, but I got pushed a year ahead because of Paul Walker's death. So up until seven is when they they were on the same years. Wow.
1: I got a yeah. screamy baby here, so you guys.
2: Okay, you go ahead. Time. We'll keep chatting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, what do you think overall about uh, about like well, where it- the X Men movies went in in uh, like when they made this shift?
3: Well, it was really surprising to me because, like, I mean, I did not enjoy X-Men Origins Wolverine and Last Stand I did not enjoy. So I was like, they kind of were on a downward trajectory, and I really, I went into this one with, like, super low expectations, and I was just yeah. really just I hate it, and was just so surprised how much I enjoyed it, just because, I guess, you know, I just let myself let that inner critic just kind of go and <laughs> just was, like, fully prepared to hate it. And, like I said, I enjoyed the campiness of it and um i kind of feel that at least to me uh that what i prefer x-men is when it it does like it's a franchise when it does have that campiness to it and mm-hmm. it doesn't take itself overly seriously um me too. yeah i mean i love i mean like it's that whole line that they put in in the first one is like what do you want to do yellow or walk around in yellow and blue spandex i'm like,
1: Yes. <laughs> I always scream yes at the screen every time I hear that.
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think it was I don't know if it was my forgetting this. this year. <laughs> i was Dave, getting the yellow spandex. I don't know if it was Dave Cutler or somebody else that was saying how they really liked the campiness of when Magneto comes out in that costume at the end because he just looks so, so like compared to everything else, he's like a cartoon character. Yeah. Like in the, and, then, and then when he like it, it's really funny too because he's standing there in the costume and then he's like, "We want you to join us." And then it cuts to like the other mutants and they're all they're all in the doorway, kind of like leading in yeah. looking at her. <laughs> like the Breakfast Club or something. There's like a right. red demon. There's Mystique. You know, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. it's just uh, it, it's pretty goofy, but you know, I yeah, I mean, dare like the Deadpool movie sort of leaned into that, and that's yeah. probably why they're so much fun, right? Yeah, and I,
3: mm-hmm. I think that's why they're so enjoyable. And you know, and, and I I like the next movie too. I like Days of Future Past because I like the darker take, and I like you know all the different time periods. But like, I feel like this movie, whether you love it or hate it, like it definitely kind of brought. The franchise back a little bit in the film world. It was like, okay, this is still viable. <laughs> this isn't a direct DVD franchise, uh, you know, not, which is where I fe- I feared it was headed. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah. which is weird because yeah. this is kind of the movie where they decided because really they don't carry many of these characters forward.
0: No, so so <laughs> it's hardly like any of them. They, they, They're trying to
1: the- set up a new like volume of the franchise, yeah. but they're really just setting up Professor X. Magneto and Mystique of all characters, and be yeah, just kind of moving forward with those. Yeah, I guess and Beast. in all the movies it, too. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting for choice to choose to kind of carry a franchise forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he yeah. strange, very strange. But I remember thinking that too, like the way you went into it. That's the way I went into it when it first came out, and I was like, oh, that was refreshing. It's a little campier, like you say, and like less black leather. They just mm-hmm. replaced it for the the standard blue and yellows, which aren't my mm-hmm. favorite X-Men outfits either, because they don't yeah. need to all dress the same. They all have their unique personalities, and that's what's created with the X-Men. I
2: yeah. feel like but, uh... the benefit of time has helped with this in a way, too, because it's like we know the scope of all the X-Men movies, so now you can see all of it at once and know where this one stands as to what's to come and what came before. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with Joe, because like, when this came out, I was like, I, my, my opinion of what these X-Men movies could be was so low. That's probably why I liked it so much because it's like, oh, this actually is a competent movie that's not ridiculous.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but upon viewing it again, you're like, well, this is more ridiculous than I remember, but I think I was just so happy. It's <laughs> just so happy that it wasn't like, yeah. you know, fucking The Last yeah. Stand again or X-Men Origins. Yeah. Wolverine. Actually, the next movie in sequence would be The Wolverine.
3: Oh. That was also years. kind of campy yeah. to too. And, and- I like that movie. I remember yeah, but-
2: liking that movie a lot. Yeah. It's like every Wolverine
3: movie leveled up, in
2: my opinion. You know? Oh, 100%, yeah. It oh, yeah. yeah. we went from garbage to good to, like, excellent. Yeah. And
1: if you count Deadpool 3, it'll probably keep leveling up, because I think it'll be better than Logan.
2: Hopefully. Although uh, Dave, Dave mentioned some good stuff, Dave Cutler, we had him on the show where he was saying how, like, you know, the whole belief in X-Men 1 or 2 is that, like, Stryker's belief is that mutes are too powerful and they have to be controlled or killed. And then, like, what happens, maybe like, Professor X gets like dementia with and kills like all the X Men. And like, like it's like, yeah, he's right. You should have right. killed him. It also <laughs> would be alive if you hadn't killed them. Right. It's In also world. funny how like X
1: Men 1, 2, and 3, we realized were like the same movie three times or it was just somebody taking a mutant and amping up their powers to become a major threat. It's like it was the same movie three times.
2: Well, it's funny because after we watched uh, X Men 3, or actually just last week, I watched Birth which is uh, a Jonathan Glazer movie, the guy that did – have you ever seen it, Joe?
3: No, no, but I know Jonathan Glazer's work,
2: yeah. Yeah, so Nicole Kidman plays a woman whose husband died of a heart attack like 10 years ago, and this boy shows up claiming to be the reincarnation of her husband who's in love with her. He's a terrible boy. And the boy is played by Caleb Bright, the kid that played Leech in X-Men 3. Oh, so I was like, look at this kid okay. when he shows up. And he, he's really good in it, like, he's fantastic wow. in it, which makes me think they really didn't use him very well in X Men 3 because he barely mm-hmm. did anything. Yeah. But all... played,
3: uh, Whiplash is like a really Oscar worthy, uh, or Whiplash, uh Riptide. Maybe the guy who played Riptide is kind of like a really Oscar
2: worthy <laughs> <Yeah>, role. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, as a Spanish actor, maybe he does. Uh, you yeah. know,
1: so. His second English speaking role, he actually got like a line.
2: Well, the next, uh, like I was reading about the guy that plays um, Namor now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because he was like, a, he's a huge star in Mexican television. I mean, mm. film. And like the, that, this, was that was like his first break into like, you know, the American market or at least the global market through yeah. non-Mexican cinema. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's like what a way to go from like, you know, Mexican movies being a big deal there, which he is to like, yeah. you know, fucking Namor in a Marvel movie. I like that portrayal name more. So did I. I thought it was cool. I mean, look make really it cool too. To make it different than you know than Aquaman, yeah, yeah I think they did a really yeah. good job.
1: Um, all right, we well, got a segment. What we got to do before we get out of here for
2: sure? Well, we should talk about that. Hey, look who then. I find coming to join the party.
1: Let's party like it's apostrophe ninety seven, everybody, because it sounds like if we can believe rumors that X Men ninety seven will be dropping on my birthday, March twentieth. So happy birthday to me, happy that's birthday like the to me. That's the <laughs> ultimate
2: birthday gift for you. Yeah. It
1: is. It's gonna be a good day. So and uh, uh turn forty and watch X Men at
2: the same time. You're gonna be forty, you old bastard. I know. Uh, when I was home visiting my brother on the weekend, he dug out a box of comics. Some of the ones we used to have when we were kids, and we always used to read like a hundred times. He's like, Hey, look at these. And I was going through them. He's five years older than me. And uh, he can't remember when Marvel did that thing where they had the sealed bags and they introduced a new villain in every in every comic in the 90s. There's like must have been late 90s, like that's where, like, um, and then the X Men one that he had that was still sealed was the Executioner one where they introduced him. And I remember he's saying, back in I, I said, you should movie. allow to this because this might be worth a little more once he's reintroduced to that X-Men cartoon coming up. Because what what an obscure 90s villain to throw in there. And they made a toy for him. In yeah, the, in he, said, he must be a big part of it.
1: Yeah, really. It's Interesting. He, I figure he must be working for like Strife or something. But mm. We'll see. Yeah, um, possibly so. So should we talk about uh, the Deadpool trailer?
2: I suppose we should a little bit. What do you think of what the Deadpool trailer, Joe? Yeah. I
3: loved it. I loved it. I mean, I was, I really was expecting because I figured it'd just be like every other trailer, they would just give everything away. And I'm mm-hmm. like, they're you know, just going to show everything. So I was really pleasantly surprised that they held back uh, from, you know, actually showing Wolverine. Yeah. Um, like up close or whatever. But um, yeah, really, really well done. And I'm like super excited. I loved the, uh, I always love how he breaks the fourth wall. Um, yeah, he's like Marvel Jesus.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the chosen one. <laughs> yeah.
2: I like the. I, well, I just finished. Like I said, I was catching up on shows, and I finally finished Loki or watched Loki season mm-hmm. two. So the the nod to the TBA and how they seem yeah. to play a big part of this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Hey.
1: hey now, catfight
2: Yeah, I just had one going on here too. That's all right. They're mm-hmm. uh, they're getting hungry. The the natives are restless. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, obviously, you saw Pyro again. Yeah, to, to nod to these cool,
1: cool redesign for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, he does have the little he goggles. Looks more. like
2: he's aged at all,
3: barely. I mean, like I know he's he looks older, but I'm like, I was like, he almost looks almost exactly the same as he did in that movie. You know, <laughs> it's been he like on, thirty years. Well, he was on the
2: Canadian <laughs> TV show they did that was a remake of uh, Twelve Monkeys. Oh yeah, like, that's yeah, right. A few years ago, oh, I remember? Was yeah. Yeah. I watched I watched like a season of it and I kinda of fell off so it got pretty cut con- Tom Noonan was in it too, oddly enough, from oh, Red Dragon and much other stuff. But wow. The girl that plays Stevie on um uh Shits Creek uh, was in, in it too. That's right. She yeah. was on that
3: too. Yeah
2: uh yeah that was cool um i mean there's all kinds of speculation about different glimpses we get of certain characters there's like a metal character with a face that people are thinking is dr doom there's no way it's not dr doom there's no way it's dr doom there's no way way. they're like we're just gonna have him show up but it does seem like i know i think
1: they're spot on with the the bald character
2: with the big collar i think oh being cassandra nova oh yeah i think so yeah I think that would be pretty cool because I'm—I was always saying I'd like to see her be introduced. I would prefer to see her in an X-Men cartoon or show proper, but well, you know, who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah, um, you know, maybe I don't know what's going to happen with this. Maybe it'll end with him getting a happy ending and that'll be his swan song as well, or maybe he'll just get dumped in the Marvel Universe and we'll get Deadpool as part of the future stuff. Oh, setup. he's getting dumped into the Marvel Universe. You think he's going to be like in the Avengers and books going forward, movies going forward? Oh just, yeah, he'll know. be a
1: big part of Secret Wars and everything for sure.
2: Yeah, I hope so. I kind of think it'd be... And especially, like, it's a nice nod that if continuity gets flipped or or the old universe gets wiped, and he's one of the few things from that timeline that gets dumped in ours, that, like, he's, like, the one joining part to the old thing, you know? And then the new... He was the best part of it. He was the best part of the fall. But even, like, seeing... It looks like we're going to get Madripoor Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, patches. We got patches
0: there for sure.
2: Which is pretty cool. Um, Who's going to be playing him? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you think? Hugh Jackman, said, Hugh Jackman said oh, he's, play, he's played uh, he's playing several versions of Wolverine in this. So uh, so it'll probably be you him. don't think there's going to be any other actors playing different versions of Wolverine? I, I would love to see, It'd be cool if there was, or maybe they're going to tease who the next one would be. That would be cool, too. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't really hold that until I see casting, because I thought John Krasinski was going to be Mr. Fantastic forever, and now apparently it's Pedro Pascal, which is still great that's to an, me. That's an interesting casting to him i think he'll be great i love him so it's interesting Interesting. the full full rumored casting is it's pedro pascal like that it seems like this is what's confirmed but like marvel hasn't said 100 percent. but pedro pascal is is uh mr fantastic vanessa kirby is um visible woman i don't know her from anything she was in that napoleon movie that came out with uh, king phoenix um she's good very good um uh, the guy that played Micro in The Punisher is the was uh, up for the thing. Okay. Uh, I can't remember his full name. He's in. So, oh, he was in uh, Andor. I just watched. I'm catching up on that too. And uh, the, uh, Jesus, you okay? Yeah, it's just
1: cats being uh, cats. And uh, uh my Pavarotti record on the ground. Thanks, pa- Parker. not
2: Pavarotti. <laughs> Are the other two tenors okay? <laughs>
1: well, I'm not a big Jose Carreras fan myself, but it uh, was all right.
2: They were saying um, that the kid from uh, Stranger Things that played uh, Eddie is going to be the Human Torch. Mm. Which is fine. I'm sure he'll be fine. He seems like a cool actor. Who's Doom? Good question. They haven't said that one yet.
1: Rumor keeps going back to Mads Mickelson.
2: Yeah, uh, that would be cool. That, would be, that would be very cool. Although, we already saw him, but I mean, I'm okay with.
1: Oh, yeah, he yeah. was K. Silius. That's right.
2: Although, you know, what? I, I heard. You know, who could. Man, Doom could be. There's so many cool actors that could that Doom could be. Paul I also G- heard G- it could be. Paul um, Giamatti. Um, I want Paul. G- no, G- not
1: Paul Giamatti. Giamatti. <laughs>
2: yeah, he would be great. Uh, you know, he should, be, he should no. be. He uh, should be. Him or Patton Oswald should be the mold Man. For mm. 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'd like uh, to don't... see the the way these movies work, he wouldn't be like a like a, a gross, sticky underground mole person. He would be like a scientist, you know, that's working in the company that runs afoul of them and then becomes some kind of mole man by the end. So that would make more sense in that way. Hmm. But I really want to see, like I really hope that this opens up all the cosmic stuff we haven't got yet through Guardians. Like I want to see Terax. I want to see uh, you know, all Silver Surfer. Borg, the Silver Surfer, Galactus. I want to see all, like, I mean, I guess we do have Adam Warlock, but like, and we do have Pip the Troll now, kind of, as well, which is Pat Nozzle, which is cool. Um, but in like Star Fox and all those characters, like, we, we have him too briefly, but I want to see more of that. Like, I want to see the mm, big... Me too.
1: You know, they could make the Marvel see... Universe can definitely seem bigger and they can, you
2: know, but there's just lots of stories to tell. You no, know, I really want to or... see in a Marvel movie, The Jack of Hearts. That would make me happy.
1: That is obscure. He's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would have Quite been much. a character to show up in a Guardians movie. But, you know, they're going to keep making Guardians
2: movies. Blastar. I mean, like, you know, I want to see those costumes. Like, the I living
1: bomb was, burst.
2: I always thought Terax was the coolest looking character. I don't know why, but I want to see Terax.
1: Hmm. Let's see that. Terax the Tamer? It's him. Yeah, or any, oh, or yeah. even
2: any of the other, uh, you know, champions. Or like Champion or any of those guys we haven't seen yet.
1: Scaly wants to see Fatal Attractions. Yeah, that'd be pretty oh, badass sure. on either the cartoon or. I well, mean, that Magneto
2: appears to be a good guy
1: for the extent of this, this season, uh, the season. That won't last. Definitely won't last. Um, well, should we get out of here then, fellas? Um, we'll get anything you want to hype? Other, I mean, your your uh, Joe, other than your comic that you cannot yet name. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, i just starting convention season. I got
3: my first show uh, in April at C2E2 in Chicago. So I'm an artist alley there. So if uh, anybody's in the area, please come see me.
1: Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah.
2: We got listeners in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. Joe, ever since we had my our interview on my other show, I feel like I've run into everywhere I turn. Like In used bins or at stores, I've been seeing morning glories, uh, comics. It's, it's oh. almost like it's almost like uh, every time I turn, there's like a new copy of something. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I feel like a curse has been placed in me. I'll just keep running into it. Well, I, no,
3: it's I, not a curse,
2: it's a great, it's not a curse, it's a great book, but it's just I funny. <laughs> now I feel like I just have to keep buying it and giving it to other people. I'm like, read this, it's great, we'll you could do that. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan.
1: Well, you know, uh, join us next week where we'll be reviewing. The Wolverine. Next week with, is the Wolverine.
2: With next Jody. Week. Yep. With so Jody
1: Simpson from our sister shows over there on the Trek Network. Actually, is it next week that's a week time.
2: off then we decided to do that for the play?
1: Oh, right. Right. Oh, that's what I didn't adjust in my schedule. Okay. Right. Okay. So yeah, forget that. The Wolverine's not gonna be for a while. We're gonna take a week off, then we'll be back with radio theater. Uh, uh, Bob Skeer's X-Men movie script that, that I've I've helped make some changes to myself and
2: I think it's just a perfect piece of uh, X-Men action. <laughs> of now. course. The, the the secret ingredient to polish it into the perfect X-Men script was you, Devin. You made it perfect.
1: Thank <laughs> you, sir. I wasn't going to say that myself, but thank you for the recognition. So who, are, who, are
2: you, who are you playing on this theater, uh, Devin? Wolverine. Of course. And, and who am I playing, Devin? Magneto. Uh-huh. Thank okay. <laughs> you.
1: He loves your magneto. Does he?
2: Good. It was fun actually. Yeah. I like I, I like Machiavellian yeah. Machiavellian guys. I don't get to play I, them very often in theater. I
1: cast you perfectly, I think. Oh, um, and uh, after that, we'll have George Booza on the show. We'll be talking to the Beast himself, so that'll be fun.
2: Man, that's I'm excited.
1: Hmm, me too. I, I'm not going to ask him anything Maniac about Mansion.
2: Beast. I'm just going to ask him about obscure Canadian horror movies. Maniac <laughs> Uh Wow. <laughs> Christmas horror story. I think it was the one that uh, is the, the one that I seen recently.
1: That's a good. I've seen that actually. That's good. The one where he plays uh, Santa
2: Claus, like and he's like, yeah, like, yeah. It actually, it actually is way better than it has any right to be. Like, yeah. I was quite surprised how good it was.
1: <laughs> That's most Canadian content, really.
2: Well, uh, like, like William Shatter's like a, a, a DJ, yeah. radio DJ. And he just sits in a booth the whole time. Like narrates the, the
1: anthology kind of thing, right? Kinda, yeah. And that's some decent moments. Yeah. Well, Shatner cool. makes everything better. Sure. All right. Well <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get out of here then. You can support the show. Patreon.com slash x Show. Contact us at XMemberview Show at gmail.com. Uh follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and you can, you know, tell us if you agree or disagree with our ratings on this show. Am I too harsh on these X-Men movies? Probably. <laughs> but <laughs> There's, you there's, definitely there's...
2: are, but you're not wrong. You're just like, you're just so passionate about it that it like amps it up to like 11.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, find our audio only version wherever you get to podcast. so I say that already? Please like, review and subscribe and check out our entire network at ufpodcast.com, which we are a proud member of. That's and, right. Uh, yep. What's going on, Andre? Andre, over on the... Uh... <laughs>
2: Well, my episode with Mike. The Graphics Histories
1: Podcast. That's my Andre voice. How'd you. That's that bad. The Graphics no, Histories Podcast.
2: Is that what I sound like, really? Wow. Okay. Um, I don't hate my own voice. It's funny how much I have to listen to a new podcast. But um, yeah, so episode with Mike Carlin just dropped Monday. He was the DC editor for Superman for many, many years. Great uh, stories that guy had. Famously, during the Death of Superman storylines, you get a lot of the ins to that and how that all came about. Some really fun stuff. After that is J.K. Woodward, who, uh, Joe, I think you may know somewhat of, Mm -hmm. yes, uh, Mm because he did some work on uh, covers for books he worked on. Yeah. Um, Then Bradley Radar, after that, who had uh, been a long career in animation and comics work as well. And then, oh, there's so many, so many, Devin, so many people on the show coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. Then we have, after him, we have Eric Larson, creator of The Savage Dragon, which is very cool. It's a very great conversation. After him, Fabrice Sapolsky, co-creator of uh, Spider-Man Noir. And uh, and after him, Fred Van Lente, former Marvel uh, writer and uh, indie comics writer currently. We have a great discussion with Fred about, because since I'm like five episodes in the can here, before that one drops, um, we have a great discussion about one of the most disturbing pages in a comic book i've ever seen was in marvel comics the uh marvel zombies the the ones he did i think it was three (laughs) or four it might have been four there's like a scene where Sandman is attacked by the zombie Spider-Man and then encounters the normal Spider-Man of this particular Sandman's universe, thinking it's the same character. So he just goes all out trying to kill him and basically like fills Spider-Man's body with sand and then explodes him from the inside right. out. And there's like a scene and then Spider-Man's like all all like huge and he's just like Gwen and then he explodes and like and then he's like yeah, his he... tongue's out and his organs ah. and everything. And I don't know why, but it's just like the most like it's almost like watching a Michael Henke movie or Henneke movie. <laughs> it's like super devoid of any hope it was like a such a depressing <laughs> weird little scene but we have a great chat yeah. about that and a lot of his work on Marvel zombies and yeah. working for Marvel
1: yeah, awesome. everybody look forward to those interviews as I do and you know as many other things there's hold up a movie podcast we got super mater brothers talk about reality shows and we do some Marvel reviews over there and of course we have our many Star Trek channels Star shows we did talk about astrophysics yeah we did that recently and yeah, we talked to J.G. Hertzler recently as well. And there's lots going on there. And there's trivia debates, aiming on track, and the Hellbound podcast. So that's everything. Should we get out of here? We're running long, and I guess Let's do the it. Maybe upstairs. I can hear it. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks so Let's much for being on the show, you. Joe. Oh, my yeah, pleasure. thanks, Joe. Yeah, it's a pleasure having you. <laughs> All right. Catch you next time, everybody. Yeah, next time. All right. Thanks. <laughs>